0: This is Live well Talk on COVID-19. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. In today's podcast, I'll discuss the latest on vaccines and boosters, uh, whether or not you can mix vaccine brands or your booster, and also touch on the frequency and severity reported vaccine side effects, uh, what we're learning about natural immunity and masking guidance, and more. Well, I think the big uh, issue this week was, or last week, going into this week, was the uh, uh, The unpredictability of the CDC and other regulatory bodies, if if you recall, uh, last week I said, historically, they always do accept the guidance of these recommendations of these uh, committees for vaccination or immunizations. Uh, So the the final ruling was that the CDC supported uh, giving boosters not only to people that may not have manifested an immune response, but may have... May also be in a high risk occupation, i.e., healthcare, teachers. I think is on that list. We have had a couple questions coming in about uh, uh, the the boosters and whether or not you can mix them. And you can. You can mix. You can get Pfizer uh, the the first two shots, and you can have Moderna if that's all that's available. The recommendation is that you would continue with the same vendor you had, but it's not a contraindication. And as I've said previously. Moderna appears to have a little bit better numbers as far as sustainability on efficacy, going well and staying well above 90 percent out past 120 days where Pfizer drops to 73 percent. So I think you do have uh, a consideration that perhaps the Moderna would be the booster to get. That being said, uh, the Moderna was not the one that they approved boosters for the general population over the age of 65 or um, high risk professions. That is Pfizer only. Uh, Moderna is approved for boosters in immunocompetent patients, uh, immunocompromised, excuse me. And those are people that have um, solid tumor organ transplants, chemotherapy, high dose prednisone, or other immunosuppressives uh, that make them at risk for not having the immune response that you thought they should have. Uh, And that can actually be given 28 days after the second shot uh, of either Pfizer or Moderna. Now, you remember that we did discuss that some immunologists uh, have suggested that it might be a three dose uh, treatment at zero uh, 30 days and then 90 days. And that that recommendation of the booster in the immunocompromised compromise, the cancer patients, et cetera, the more consistent with what those immunologists have described. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see regardless the booster shot in someone that's previously vaccinated uh, isn't isn't harmful with the exception. And and here was the the point that the uh, FDA advisory body made was that the evidence. Of myocarditis inflammation of the heart. And pericarditis in young adolescent males. It wasn't conclusive that that was not associated with the messenger RNA viruses, so let me say that again. There's no conclusive evidence that it is associated with that, but there's also no conclusive evidence that it's not. And that's why they uh, paused on that. Um, so that's something to consider uh, when selecting these as far as uh, risk benefit. Um, I think the uh, adolescent male uh, may be better with the j j shot at this time. I don't have any updates on Uh, natural versus vaccine-induced immunity, other than what I've said in previous uh, podcasts. Uh, Natural immunity continues to be a developing topic. I think the recommendation that if you've had the infection and you can still get the vaccine is based upon, perhaps, it's based upon safety of the vaccine in that situation. Now, this is just me. I recommend 90 days. If somebody says they want to get vaccinated, they had COVID, I say, well, I really think you should wait 90 days. Um, and that's been a consistent recommendation of mine, as well as uh, other uh, regulatory bodies, uh, is to wait that a period of time. The FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, I heard this over the weekend uh, from someone that said that, well, they didn't really approve the uh, Comranati, okay, I'm not saying that right, The 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 trade name of the Pfizer. They, they 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 approved that, but they didn't approve the vaccine that's being available at present. And that's not true. It, it's the same vaccine, whether or not it's under the Pfizer trade name of uh, community. Pfizer is uh, seeking approval for a, boost, for a shot vaccination, primary vaccination in uh, five to 11-year-olds with a third of the regular dose. I haven't reviewed that literature in, in detail yet, but uh, uh, that, that needs to be uh, taken. Um, I sincerely do not believe it would be harmful, but I really do need to look at the risk benefit that before I make a solid comment on that. I'm sure it is a value, but I want to be honest that I don't want to make a comment on something that I haven't had an opportunity to review the um, data. The boosters themselves, uh, they do not change the definition of fully vaccinated, meaning that if you have received uh the two dose regimen of Pfizer or Moderna or the single dose of J&J you are fully vaccinated and even if you're eligible for a booster that's not that doesn't change the definition of fully vaccinated the booster is something additional that patients may care to get if they're over the age of 65 or have a high risk medical condition or they work in a high risk occupation but again that is for Pfizer only and it should be six months after the second dose of Pfizer, unless you have cancer, solid organ tumor uh, uh, or uh, organ transplant. Um, In those situations, then it would be 28 days. So that's that's a differentiation there to make. I'm happy to report that our vaccination rate for our associates was about 70% and it is up at 87%. And that was last week. So that continues to climb. And uh, that uh, is is good news Um, over six billion billion with a B doses have been given uh, worldwide with uh, 387 million in the United States Uh, and the safety of the vaccine from a standpoint of acute uh, side effects, it it continues to be well proven that it is safe Uh, and If individuals choose to not be vaccinated, which I've said in the past that I believe that is a choice someone needs to make, I I wouldn't do it because you fear safety. I think the vaccine has demonstrated it is safe. Uh, It continues to prevent death and disease and significant hospitalization. Uh, For example, we are at 17% of the patients admitted to the hospital have received the vaccine. That means 83%. Um, have are unvaccinated, and overwhelmingly, the percentage of patients that are in the intensive care unit continues to be uh, significantly uh, unvaccinated. In regards to the intensive care unit and the floors, uh, this morning we were at ninety-two percent capacity of the critical care floor, and ninety-nine percent of the medical surgical units. Uh, and a significant number of those patients. Um, are not COVID patients and and it goes back to the uh, delay of care that occurred uh, with the original shutdown. I think that is coming to uh, play a role in the volume that we're seeing at this time. As I've said in other podcasts and interviews that diabetes kept going on, heart disease kept going on, cancers were undiagnosed uh, and that subsequently influenced it uh, negatively as far as uh, the volume that we're seeing in the hospital at this time. I heard a radio story on the way to the hospital today that uh, the lifespan for the male in the United States went down by two years during the pandemic. Uh, and that's not related to COVID as much as other conditions that went on untreated. Uh, the United Kingdom estimated 10,000 unne- uh, unnecessary or avoidable. I should say cancer deaths. I, I don't know what that data is based on, but it certainly um, uh, does. Uh, support my observation that I I think this continues to play a part in the volumes that we're experiencing one of the highlights or the good thing that has been happening among other things is that the monoclonal antibody is available Uh, we received a a large shipment yesterday we were down to a couple handful of doses left now we have plenty medication and we continue to provide that to the patients that qualify for that Uh, at this time We're not giving it across the board for prophylaxis. We're only treating the patients that have a positive symptomatic test. Uh, It is approved for prophylaxis, meaning I'm a high-risk patient, I get exposed, I don't get COVID, but to use the monoclonal antibody in prophylaxis to prevent you from getting COVID, uh, we simply don't have the supply chain that would support doing that. But if at the moment the supply chain would support that, we certainly would uh, switch to that immediately. Locally, I, I do think that, as we talked last week, that we are on a plateau that's uh, been sustained. Uh, and I, I want to draw this observation, and this isn't good or bad, this is just an observation. Communities that have a high vaccination rate, Lincoln County's a little over 60%, are having a lower peak, but a longer plateau. And I find that interesting. Uh, because the, as the Delta variant came in the community, it's transmissions fast, but we have enough vaccinated people it prevents it from spiking. But it has a longer plateau, and that that'll be interesting from an epidemiology standpoint over the years to go back and look at that. I was down in Missouri last weekend visiting my daughter that's uh, in college, and you know th- these were these were counties that had s- were significantly overwhelmed with COVID six weeks ago, and now it's. It's as if COVID, uh, for the most part, uh, isn't influencing their their daily lives. I did see one thing today that made me very happy. The number of active cases has gone down by 200. So that means the people that we have susceptible, infected, and recovered, the people in the infected uh, bucket in the middle ha- has gone down. And that's the first time in a, a long time. So that's, that's good news. Let's hope that trend continues. One thing I did want to touch on today is the unvaccinated and their hesitancy to do that. I, I just want to remind everyone that they're 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 not making the wrong decision. They're making the decision that's right for them. Uh, they're not bad people. I've I've heard phrases like uh, they those people, uh, and and I, I, I caution you against that. They're simply making a decision that might be different from yours. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I just mean it's this decision they've chosen to make and and we need to respect that as we need to respect any other life choice someone may make that being said i do come back to say the vaccines are safe and I, I highly recommend them times like these we 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 know what we do and we know how we do it but we learn our why uh, and that certainly uh, keeps me going at this time and once again i'm very proud to work with this team and I know we'll, uh, although times are stressed now and they, they may be seen uh, at some degree to be dark times, uh, this this too shall pass. Thank you for listening. To COVID-19 update for the latest COVID-19 vaccine information. Visit uh, unipoint.org, uh and let us know if you have any questions. We'll try to answer those next time. An upcoming podcast uh, will be Dr. Deal will join us and we're going to go through some of the myths of uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic from the beginning. Um, the origin of the virus, masking mandates, uh, the evidence behind that, uh, the uh, the vaccines and infertility, all all things. And it really should be a very good uh, conversation. And I think everyone will enjoy that. Once again, thank you for listening. For the latest on COVID-19, vaccine information and more, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.